Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey guys, welcome to Get Advisor Fit. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we are here to remind you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, I am joined by Jeremy Keel, CFP, CFA, and from what I understand, a lot of other designations as well. He's very, very smart, very well-versed, diverse guy, good at what he does, Um, but What he wants me to share with you today is that he's a retirement-focused financial planner with Keel Financial Partners and host of the Retirement Revealed blog and podcast. So I learned about Jeremy through social media, through Libby Griley, who was, um, if you've watched my other episodes, you saw that we spoke a couple weeks ago, maybe a month now. Um, So I listened to her podcast with Jeremy and I was floored because Jeremy just gets it. Okay. The things that I'm always telling my advisors that I'm reinforcing here with you guys, his success just underlines this in every single way possible. So I wanted him to come on today and share with you his success so that you guys can see that I'm not full of shit. Okay. So (laughs) his claim to fame that he, we really, really talked about in Libby's podcast was how he uh, tripled his referral rate in 12 months after making some pivotal marketing changes. But before we get into that, I want to let Jeremy tell us in his own words about himself, his practice, his podcast, whatever he wants, and get to know him a little better. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Olivia. Uh, love talking about marketing, love talking about business, and thanks for the opportunity. Uh, you had asked me earlier to share a little bit about myself and my business. Uh, we are retirement-focused financial planners. It's myself, another advisor, John. We've got a couple staff people as well. And for those interested, we have $100 million in assets that we manage, and we have about 200 clients. And roughly 98% of our business is the ongoing recurring uh, fee revenue from AUM. So, Jeremy, you made some pivotal changes to your marketing uh, over the last year or so, and you re- tripled your referral rate in that time. I want to know, everybody wants to know, what did you do? What what do you attribute this growth to the most? Yeah, so the, the referral rate tripling was somewhat of an accident. Didn't expect it to happen that way. What really happened is that I became more of an independent financial advisor. I was able to create my own voice with my marketing, through my website, through my podcast. I was able to really focus on some specific companies, uh, Harley-Davidson, especially we're in the Milwaukee area and a few others on there. But it's just amazing when you focus on a group, you tell people you focus on a group, other people will say, hey, you're in that group. You should go talk to Jeremy. Uh, and it's uh, just getting out there and telling people what you do and who you serve when they run across someone that you serve. Uh, and especially if you make it easy, they will send them your way. They'll give you that referral. Yeah, absolutely. So this is something that we have to talk about as advice, as a financial advisor is your branding and your messaging before you get to actually marketing, right? Because what are you going to market if you don't have a clear brand or message? So um, 
what would you recommend to advisors who are trying to figure out, okay, I know that I want to serve X group of people, but how do I get that message streamlined and well-defined enough so that it's clear when I do go do my marketing that this is who I serve? Yeah, you really want three words to think think of three words in your mind, brand, message, and market. Branding is who you are and who you serve. Messaging is how do you speak with who you serve. And marketing is how do you find who you serve. So you've already done it a bit yourself, right? You you shared with me earlier that you do bodybuilding. Your podcast and the way you introduce yourself is connecting your professional life with who you are. So you, you don't need to run away from who you are in any means at all, bring who you are into the people that you want to serve and how you go about your, your branding. That's, that's the most natural thing to do. So think about who you are, think about who you serve, and then think about the, the words and the, the messaging of who you want to serve, right? If I'm somebody, which I am, I focus on retirement planning. A lot of these people are publicly traded companies. Uh, they have stocks, they have pensions, I'm using words related to their pension and retirement and social security and Medicare. I'm not talking about public student loan forgiveness. You know, that's why would I do that? That's not in their, that's not the messages that resonate with the people that I serve. And then it's the marketing, which is not how do I sell people or how do I advertise to people? It's how do you find people like they're out there actually finding the people is more important than, than, you know, even an ad, you can have the world's best ad. You send it to the wrong people. It does nothing for you. Yeah. So on that note, how would you say that you have found the most success in that aspect of finding the people? Yeah. So um, a lot of people I work with are 55 plus. Those folks are still on Facebook, right? Their 30-year-old kids or 25-year-old kids are not on Facebook. They are, right? Grandma's on Facebook. She wants to see pictures of her, her grandbaby, you know? And so uh, Facebook advertising is, is a help or even just uh, a lot of people are still kind of locally focused. And so setting up the website in a way that people who are close to my office will be able to find me. It's almost like your website is your billboard now. It's like your sign on the front door and you want people that are driving by, people that are close to the area to find you and uh, setting up your website in a way. So there you go. We're, we're kind of targeting people a bit on Facebook because that's where they are, they're living right now. Uh, we're targeting people through local search engine optimization because it's a lot of people with their life savings still want a local advisor. Yeah, so, Even mm-hmm. if they never meet you ever in person, they like that you're down the street. Yeah. And so on that note, um, I was speaking to some advisors I mean, this was probably a few years ago. So things have changed a little bit since then, you know, only in the fact that they've accelerated, but um, about, well, should I be worried if, you know, I'm on MapQuest or should I be worried about him on, you know, um, Google Maps or, uh, you know, iMaps or whatever, things like this. And I said, yes, you do need to make sure that you check your profiles in those places and make sure that they're accurate. And I know that that's something that you talked about a little bit um, with Libby as well about the the local SEO. Now, maybe that's something you want to touch on real quick here. Yeah, we'll do that. So part of the local search is people searching you out. Like people will type in your name, people type in your business, and they want to be able to find you. And there's a, a company that I use. It's Moz, M-O-Z.com. So Moz.com and look for their Moz local. 
And what it is, is you put in one time, like here's my name, my address, my phone number, my website, and it'll propagate that to all the different places you ought to have, the, the Yelp and the Google My Business and the Apple Maps and the MapQuest, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, get, I get kind of um, nerdy about this. I get really obsessive about it. And so I will find, I will um, go on my iPhone, I'll go through Google, I'll go through MapQuest, and I'll type in my, my address and just see like, how are, how are they telling people to go? You know, you can find like, wait a second, they're sending people the wrong way. You can actually email in to Google and Apple and stuff and correct parts of their map on there. Or you can find a lot of people maybe have a common way they mistype their, your, your address. You know, realize, oh, if they mistype it this way, it sends people to, you know, another address or things like that. Or even I'm, I'm in an office building. There's a lot of businesses that used to be in this building. And so they have the same address as me. And so I'm looking up on page one of Google and I see this company is popping up when I just typed in my address. All I did is type in my address and they're popping up as some other company. And uh, you can you can actually notify Google and say, this, this company doesn't exist anymore. Wow. Make sure it's actually with a company that doesn't exist anymore. Don't, you know, if you're a <laughs> Ever Jones rep and you don't like the uh, State Farm rep, don't don't pretend, you know, that the, their business is closed. That's, that's a, no good. Yeah. So that's, that's a bit of the search of like, look, view it the way that people are trying to find you. And I don't, I forget what it's, it's 150 bucks, 200 bucks a year. That is well worth it to make sure people can find you. And actually if 15 websites have your same name, address, phone number, website, Google figures that out and says you're legit because clearly this is correct. If 20 places are pointing to the right spot with the same information on there. And so you move a little bit up the rankings uh, along with something called Google My Business. Type in your your business name, whatever it is, you know, Jim Financial Planning, and it might show up and say, do you own this business? Claim it now. Well, you better claim it because you're the one that owns it. And Google will like you better if you claim your Google My Business profile and update some things on there, like your hours and, and kind of who you are. So your website and things will start looking better if you have your Google My Business set and claimed if you have the most local to where people are able to search you out and the all these different places, the the Yelps and the the Google Maps yeah. and everything point to the right spot. Yeah. So like like Jeremy's saying, so when your address is exactly the same, connected with your business in all of these places, the more places there are, the more authority that you get, the more d- domain authority that you're granted by Google. So that helps with your SEO. What's also really cool about Google My Business is that they will, they'll send you reminders to do things like update your hours or add pictures, or they'll tell you, um, you know, how many visitors went through the Google My Business listing to visit your website, what they searched for, Um you can get a lot of insightful data from Google My Business, but you have to claim it first. And it's one of the very, very simple things that you can do that's free, low time commitment that has a big bang for its buck. So glad that we t- touched on that. I think it was later in the notes, but that's it, right. it, it came up. So good. I will, what I do want to go back to the real quick is this niches and niche marketing. You mm-hmm. know, what you were saying is, connect, you know, figure out who you are, embrace who you are, you know, and in some cases, like with myself, um, connect to something that you're interested in and, you know, build your brand around that. 
So you and you think about your messaging and your ideal client, what does your messaging look like um, in a way that you feel has been able to reach through to your to your ideal market? Yeah, so it, it is, it's a little bit funny that uh, my ideal client, so I, I was talking to a, a new friend of mine, Micah Shalansky, uh, just over the, the weekend, and he's uh, well known, he's part of the, the Perfect RA podcast, and he's very much talking about, uh, for his clientele, it's federal employees. Plan your federal retirement, I think is his website. You can't get much better or more niche than that. And there's millions of them. So he'll never run out, you know, uh, of people that to, to yeah. talk to. So I don't have that level of niche, which is, uh, I wish I did really. I wish I had like, okay, these are the 17 people and this is exactly what I look like uh, because it is generic, like retirement planning. R- roughly every advisor says they do retirement planning. You're right. It's exactly right. I mean, I even have told advisors before, like this is, I'm going to be honest, it's going to be a little bit harder. You know, you just want to do the retirement path mm-hmm. um, because everybody's going to retire eventually. You sure you don't want to specialize more, but you seem to be doing very well, which is why I'm particularly interested in in interviewing you in general. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, I think a big piece of it is just that actually name it and claim it. Like uh, I was talking to another group that's uh, local here, and and uh, th- if they're listening, they might know who who I'm talking about. Uh, they they'll know, but they focus on retirement planning. And yet, I'm looking at their website right now. It says uh, fee only financial planning. That's all about you. Um, we inspire you to live your great life. Fiduciary financial advisors who put your interests first. They never once used the word retirement. And so it's like, if they're spending 95% of their time on retirement planning, just say it. Like we do retirement planning and, and perfect. And and perhaps the 5% of people that you, you were hoping would call, don't call. That's fine because the 95% of people you're targeting, a lot more of them will actually call. So I think a big piece of it is all these advisors are really generic in their marketing uh, with fluffy, feel-good words. Like if all you do is retirement investment and tax planning, just like everyone else does, put retirement investment and tax planning on your website, which is what I have, retirement investment and tax planning. I'm, I could do the exact same thing as 10 other advisors and have the exact same focus, but I'm the only one that put it on the website as retirement investment and tax planning. So that just puts me a, a leg ahead. Uh, and then a p- piece of it on the um, website part of it, a common thing, and I'm looking at their website as well too, like you go to the homepage and this thing called a title tag says home. And you go to their about us page and the thing called uh, about us says about us. Like no no, no financial advisor user, no consumer is looking for home or about us they're looking for Milwaukee financial advisor. So that's what my title tags say, Milwaukee financial advisor. Uh, and then just quick on that too. Uh, I was talking to my person that does search engine optimization. I said, Oh, we're financial planners. We're better than people that call themselves financial advisors. And there's a very distinct difference. And how great are we? He said, that's great, but nobody searches for financial planner. It's yeah. like six to one of people searching for financial advisor. He said, so you can do whatever you want with your financial planning. But online, you are a financial advisor. And so I'm a financial advisor. My other associate's a financial advisor. You know, we have financial advisor on our website. Like that's, if that's what people are looking for. That's yeah. What on there. We were, I was even setting up a Facebook business page the other day for a client and we were doing it 
over Zoom because she, you know, is not really comfortable with it. And you were doing it together and I was showing her like what was going to happen. And you have to pick a category. And she's like, well, can we put wealth manager? I was like, no, no, we cannot. No, we not. have to pick what the internet says that we are. So right. that you come up for what you are and yep. what we've been looking for. So I know that you feel like a wealth manager, but today you're a financial advisor and that's, that's what exactly your profile it. is going to be categorized mm-hmm. here. So, and we do, uh, we do niche things. Like, uh, we talk a lot about pensions and a lot of advisors don't, uh, we talk a lot about tax planning and ask people to bring in their tax returns. And that sets you apart when, when you say, Oh, I'd like to look at your tax return so we can give you tax planning, uh, recommendations. Well, their current person's not doing it. The two other advisors they went to talk to didn't ask them about that. That's sending yourself apart, uh, on there. So there's different things that, that are really talking to the people. I'm, I'm talking to people that have pensions. So I'm, I'm writing no. things about that. You know, I'm talking to people that are worried about their taxes. So I'm asking them about their, their tax return. How can anyone help them with their tax situation if they don't look at their, their tax return? And then, yes, we have a lot of people through Harley Davidson, through We Energies. So we did a podcast about Harley Davidson. And later on, we did a podcast about We Energies. And so uh, a lot of the referrals came from people in the network people who we already work with, sending that podcast out to everyone else they work with. And why would they send out a generic podcast if they work at one company and the podcast is about that one company, they'll probably send that one out. Yeah. And it made, so there's also like an inclusivity thing, like a psychological, like, Hey, this is just for me. This is Mm -hmm. just for us. And Hey, like this is us and this will help us. And there's all the things that we talk about, like, Sitting. I mean, I used to teach high school. So, you know, the ladies who were like close to retirement would sit there and talk about their, the, what different retirement options they were going to take. And I was like 24. So I was like, meh, you guys yeah. are boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, but they sit around the water cooler and talk about. So, and there's like the inclusivity part of the marketing where when you do target the specific audience, you're psychologically tapping into that, you know, sense of this is me. They understand me, the sense of belonging to now, what you were just talking about, um, I think would be a good segue into basically the most important thing that I think that we will talk about today, at least from my perspective, we'll find um, out. <laughs> which is, okay, so obviously I create content for financial advisors. I make lead magnets. I set up landing pages to promote the lead magnets with the opt-in forms where people come put their emails and download their guides. Mm-hmm or download their video. And then I set up the nurture sequences that are, you know, drip on that subscriber once they've downloaded the the lead magnet. So this is a lead capture sequence strategy, marketing strategy that I put together for advisors all the time. And I think that a lot of times advisors struggle to see the value beyond what it is as a lead collection um, in the digital space, right? So mm-hmm. they think referrals are referrals, digital leads are digital leads, and there is no, what I do over here doesn't affect what I do over here. But something that you said in the podcast with Libby was that what you had built on the digital side for lead collection and you know different resources and your email nurture sequence were influencing the referrals to actually reach out to you, or in some cases were at least getting you their email information so you could reach out 
at a later point. So I was wondering if you would expand upon that for our listeners so we can ban this myth that they are separate entities and don't influence one another. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming when you're listening, you, you all know exactly what a, uh, a lead magnet is and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the idea is just that you know who you're talking to, you create something that's valuable to them. And in order for them to get it, they will then give you your email so that they can now get this thing that's valuable to them. So if you don't know who you're talking to, if you don't know how to make something valuable, uh, which is the whole branding and messaging piece of it, then you're just out the door anyways, to begin with. So uh, know who you're talking to, create something valuable. And then yes, you want to ask for somebody's email. I see a lot of times um, going back to this uh, group, I'm thinking of locally that these guys are great advisors and uh, a lot of their information, you just click on it and it just pops up right away. Like they should be doing the, uh, they should have it to where, yeah, all you got to do is uh, give them an email and then boom, you got the great information. So now you're in the email sequence, you get to influence them by sending them more information and, and help them through uh, their guide, your guide, and they, they get information from you. It's, it's great, great stuff. But what you create, this, this PDF, this lead magnet is for somebody and it's probably for the type of people that uh, come to your business, whether they showed up online and gave you the email or not. And so anytime a prospect comes in uh, from any means, uh, you know, you, you, you book a time with them, you get on the calendar and then you, you email them. What, I, what we do is we say, you know, thanks for sending the time. We're looking forward to meeting with you. In the meantime, here's information about us and we send them the, the PDFs. And so now they're going to have a, a clear picture of how you go about working with people. And it probably answers a lot of the questions they might have to begin with. So it might be even more time efficient. But honestly, when they show up, like they're already bought in. Like if they did not like at all what you sent out to them, uh, those, those PDFs, they're going to cancel. They're not going to show up. And when they do show up, they really do like it. It's the same thing with the podcast. It's the same thing with the uh, the PDF that we create is use that. Anything you create once, you should be able to use it tens or hundreds of times in, in some manner. So anytime a referral comes in and says, oh, uh, I'm John and Jim sent me to you. Great. Let's Let's find a time to meet. And in the meantime, here's information about us. They get to they get to read all about you through the the PDF and maybe a video course or anything uh, that's out there. It's so so additive to what you're already doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing that we talk about a lot over here is that you know the investment in the content in you know let's so let's say you're an advisor who's like okay I'm ready to make my lead magnet I'm ready to set up a nurture sequence I want to be able to. Um, not only collect leads, but share some resources with, you know, referrals or share resources with uh, next generation, maybe of clients or things like this. Um, when you go and in, like buy the content from somebody, it's not like a one and done. It's not like, okay, I bought this and I'm just going to use it once. You should use it hundreds and not thousands of times exactly. in different ways. I mean, you can use it as it exists or you can use it to create other smaller pieces of content to sprinkle throughout your marketing campaigns and social media, email, all of mm -hmm. these types of spaces. Um, so these, you know, when you are purchasing content, you're not creating it yourself, or if you are creating it yourself, either the, the fiscal commitment or the time commitment are the ROI is, is super high. Yeah. So um, we always yeah, recommend using it as much as you can. 
Exactly. I'm assuming when you create this content, Olivia, that you're talking to the advisor, you're figuring out their voice. So you're writing and speaking in their voice. And you know, for sure, I'm sure one of the first things you ask is, who is this for? So you're writing it to your, your advisor's clients. Yeah. So I cannot literally cannot do anything for an advisor if I don't know who they're talking to. So we have to know a couple of things we have to know. Okay. Because, okay. Well, as some advisors, I don't know why, but you know, to each his own are just like, I just want retent. I'm my goal is retention. I just Mm -hmm. want to talk to my current clients and I don't need any more clients. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's another conversation for another day, Mm -hmm. but okay, fine. So then, or there's advisors who come and they're like super growth minded. Like we need more clients yesterday. So, you know, we identify the goals and then who are you talking to exactly? And what is the messaging that we're going to, you know, that's going to resonate with them. Oh, and on that note, quickly, something I know that you said, and I'm always driving home to when you're writing your emails or your posts or your lead magnet, I really like how you drive home speaking directly to the person using you and making it like a conversation. And this is also true. Keep in mind, advisors, if you're making video um, that you're going to be sharing on social media too, you always want to speak to you, you as one singular person that you're Mm -hmm. having a conversation with, not to, Hey guys, just checking in. Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) you want to speak or like when you're writing, um, most clients find blah, blah. You know, there's a time and place for that, but try to keep the messaging straight to the person. It builds that connection. It really breaks the ice, especially in the digital space. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I, I know to do that and it's still hard to do. I uh, I had the chance to talk with uh, Roger Whitney's the Retirement Answer Man, number one retirement podcaster in the country. Wow. And he, uh, I had the chance to meet him. I asked him to listen to my podcast, give me some advice. And that was his number one piece of advice. He said, when I'm giving examples and I'm trying to generalize things because I want it to apply to more people and I also don't want personal information to get out there, I'll say things like, you know, people often do this and what you might see, you know, I'm very general, at least in that one uh, episode. And I know it was not a one-off. I'm I'm certain that uh, he, he found what I was talking about. And so that was, I haven't, I haven't done a podcast since then. Uh, it was like last week when I was talking to him and, but I did write uh, an article, a blog article that's going to go on a website. And so thinking of that, the first thing I did, uh, is write dear mom. So I wrote dear mom and then I wrote it all out. So my mom's looking at retiring in a few years. And I thought she's basically the, the type of person that I'm writing this to. So that's what I did. So that's a quick think, uh, think of a person, right? If you know, I'm, I'm 41 my mom is going to be retiring soon. She's like my ideal client, right? So I wrote, dear mom, you might have another ideal client and just say, you know, dear Stacy, dear John, what, whoever it is that you're thinking of and write it to them. So that's, that's my advice there. Oh my gosh. I love that. I think you should coin it and call it the dear mom strategy. There but, you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll trademark it. Yeah. Trademark it. And then, I mean, on that note, I mean, if you think about um, I'm thinking about personally, if I was going to, you know, next time I sit down and write a blog or something for my website, I'm going to think about who is, who is my ideal client. And naturally I'm going to think of someone that I work with. That is my favorite client to work with probably yeah. because that's what you do. You mine your own 
clients to figure mm-hmm. out who it is that you work well with and the type of client that you like working with. Um, and I know that's something that you've touched upon before too. I didn't know if you want to expand on that. Well, I'm just thinking right now as you're talking that if you're listening and wondering who Olivia's favorite client is, the answer is it's you. You you are Olivia's favorite client. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. You're too smart for me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I put him on this podcast. It's making me look stupid. No, I'm just <laughs> you are my favorite client. This exactly. Crap. There you go. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's a really good strategy to use, especially for someone who's writing their own, um, content yeah. to speak. And it's funny that you actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I have this one advisor who I explain it to my husband as he likes me to write, like I'm talking to his grandpa. So sure. that's what I think about when I write for him is like, I'm talking to his yeah, grandpa. dear grandpa. Right. Yeah. So, and it works. I mean, ever since then been driving really well so i like it my grandpa I got grandpa mode on good doing that well so oh man i like that dear mom you gotta remember that one so i know that we're coming close to our time so i want to ask you since you have just blown me away with your understanding of content marketing and messaging and all of these things um that you figured out on your own um if there were three top, the top three low budget moves that it, you would recommend for advisors to do to improve their marketing this week, low this budget week. this week, things that they can actively go do to improve their marketing, what would it be? All right, let's see if here. So we've talked about, I think a lot of them, uh, Google My Business, that's absolutely free. So claim your Google My Business, make sure you have the right information on there. Uh, the most local, so moz.com, go there and buy their local package. It's like 150 or 200 bucks a year. Just make sure everything's pointing uh, to the right spots and says the right stuff. And it's, it says the same stuff. And then we alluded to this little thing called title tags, meta descriptions. I'm not asking anyone to become a website master, but what you can do is go to the internet, uh, do it on your computer. So go to a computer go to the internet and just type in your website, uh, type in your website. And at the top of your browser is called, it's a tab. And when you just put your cursor right above that tab, when you put that cursor right above the tab, it's going to pop up with something called a title tag. What's the title of your website? You know, every book has a title, your website has a title. And that's going to tell you what are you telling Google your website is about? Uh, Is your title tag home or about us, or is it Milwaukee financial advisor and retirement planning? That's your title tag. And you get to choose that. So you get to put that in. Um, I'm sure whoever created your website knows how to do that. So think through what your title tag might be. Even if you say, oh, we are uh, financial advisors for uh, public student loans. Well, are you doctor student loans? Are you in Phoenix, Arizona? There's things you can add into there that get it more specific and tells Google what you do. So when the doctor in Phoenix is looking about public student loans, you will pop up because you put that in the title. This is the title of your book, basically called your website. And another piece of it is called a meta description. That's more like a one or two sentence description of what you're doing. And you do want to make sure that's added in to your website. Otherwise, Google just kind of pulls it 
from your website somewhere, oftentimes they'll kind of pull something prominent and your disclosure is oftentimes prominent. So it's oh, like, yeah. you don't want your disclosure as your description. So actually write in what your description is of, um, of you know, Milwaukee financial advisor and retirement planning. And it says something like uh, Kyle Financial Partners does retirement investment and tax planning for people in Milwaukee. Uh, oftentimes you want, do want to have a, um, like an action and it'll say, call the day to learn about our retirement income process. Like that's a, that's going to be a, a meta description for you. Uh, but I, I thought of one uh, while we we're talking here, really, if we're thinking of content, a lot of people say, what is it that I can create for my content? How do I even start? Have you ever had a client ask you a question? I'm thinking, yes, write that down and keep track of the questions that your clients ask you. Because when a client asks you one question, if you serve more than one of those types of clients, the other clients are probably having the same exact question, right? If somebody asks you about Roth IRAs or HSAs, or is it better off to put money in my grandkids' education savings account or custodian account? That's a question I got last week. I answered the question. I also wrote it down because that's going to become a, a blog or a podcast or the combination or social media. It's going to be a lot of things because that's what you need to do is replicate your content. So keep track of your client questions. That's completely free. Even yeah. your emails, you probably email it out the answer to something like that with some research. There you yeah. go. That's You're halfway done with your blog right there. Absolutely. So this is something that I tell advisors a lot. I actually, even, especially when the market gets a little crazy, like it's been, um, and they, you know, I always condone reaching out more frequently than you maybe already mm -hmm. are, even with a, just a long form email. And this is something that uh, uh, one of my advisors, in fact, we decided we're going to do a biweekly series. And it, that's exactly where the, the information is going to come from is their client mm -hmm. questions. And in my intake every month, my, my advisors will get a uh, form to fill out with their ideas for things that they want to talk about in the next month. And it says, what have your clients been asking you lately? Exactly. <laughs> so that I know what their clients are asking because I can generalize. I, I mean, a lot of people are asking about inflation and interest rates and housing and things like this right now. But um, sometimes a client base will have more specific questions, especially if they're in a certain niche like physicians or business owners or whatever. Like perhaps there's mm -hmm. something that I'm just not thinking of because I'm writing for 50, no, that's a lot, <laughs> uh, 15 different advisor niches on any given day, you know, I need to be aware of what your clients are asking you. And this is, it's perfect to build that content. So right that's good. I'm glad you added that one. Same here. <laughs> it popped up. It's sometimes you didn't mean to, but it was a good one. It was a good one. This was all excellent. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. The information that you shared with my audience was excellent. I couldn't have said it better myself, which is why I thank you for being here. Uh, if there's anything else that you wish you'd like to share before we go. I, I've just enjoyed being on with you. A lot of people are wondering where uh, they can find our podcast. It's Retirement Revealed. So you can just uh, go on Google or Apple for Retirement Revealed or go to retirement-revealed.com. Absolutely. And you guys see, look, I just did it. You, my favorite client, you know where to find me, lexiconcontentdevelopment.com, YouTube, get advisor fit.
I'm on LinkedIn a lot for under Olivia Looper. Everything, all of that, all of his links, all of my links, they're going to be in the YouTube comments or if you're listening from a podcast platform, they're going to be in the comments. So you can check out everything that we've talked about here today. Check out Jeremy's uh, practice, check out his lead magnets, see what he's got going on because I'm telling you, they're phenomenal. Thank you again and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit lexicon.contentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.